This podcast is sponsored by FortuneFavors.ie. FortuneFavors.ie is a home workout equipment store and your one-stop shop for all home gym equipment. They are well known for their adjustable dumbbells, which combine 15 different weights in one dumbbell. They have both 24kg and 40kg adjustable dumbbells. Check the link in the bio of this episode for more information. Hello and you're all very welcome along to yet another episode of the GA Statsman podcast and I hope you're all keeping wonderfully well. My name is Matt Hurley and it's been a long time since my last episode of the podcast. There's been a lot going on in the last month. I apologise for that. Between, as you well know, if you've been following my new Instagram account, my old Instagram account got hacked. Go follow my new Instagram account while we're on that subject. It's G underscore underscore statsman 2 now. And I'll repeat that again, GA underscore underscore statsman2. That's the new Instagram account that you need to all follow. And there's a few personal issues on my behalf as well. I apologise for all of that, but we are back with a new episode this month. And this week, it's a bit special because there's four provincial finals in football happening at the same time this weekend. With the Munster final happening between Kerry and Limerick, Dublin and Kildare contesting the Leinster title, Godwin, Ross Common and Connacht, and probably the most anticipated one in Derry and Donegal in Ulster. And we'll also discuss the Italian Cup. And joining me to preview it is GA Fan TV creator and presenter, of course, Aaron Prendergast. Now, Aaron has been on the podcast so many times before, you probably recognise his voice, or if you're watching it on YouTube, you'd recognise his face. All that to come in this episode, of course, and I hope you all enjoy it. Just before we get into the episode though, I'd like to remind you all of our sponsors today at fortunefavors.ie. If you use the code SATSMAN11, you could get 11% off any order on the fortunefavors.ie website. So I'll repeat that, if you use the code SATSMAN11, you get 11% off on the best home gym equipment around. Now without further delay, let's get into the preview. So welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Aaron Prendergast from TV. Just to talk about this weekend's Tati Cup games and, of course, the provincial finals this weekend. It's a bit unusual having four on the one weekend, but it is a weekend of finals. Besides the GA as well, there's a Champions Cup final. There's the playoff final, which I forgot to mention on my tweet yesterday as well. And also, there's Champions League final, but the GA is obviously the main one we're talking about here. Um, first of all, Aaron, how are you since, uh, since this week? To be honest, we talked about uh, the previous weekend's games on your channel yesterday as we're recording it on a Tuesday. So, um. How are you since then, I suppose? Yeah, doing great, doing great. Can't um can't complain. Doing good. Yeah, looking forward to this weekend's um this weekend's action. Like it would almost make you a bit anxious, to be honest, trying to figure out how you're gonna fit it all in. Like I still don't know what I'm gonna do with the Dublin and Kildare game because the Champions League final's on, and then you know, there's so many places booked out in Dublin to go watch that, and then you know like if you if you go if you watch the Dublin game like if you go to the Dublin game you're probably going to miss out on some of the Champions League finals so I'm not sure it could be an early day in the pub to be honest but um yeah definitely looking forward to uh to all the the weekend's action um definitely a lot to discuss and and run through most certainly uh definitely yeah it's great to have this uh much action in a weekend like uh, so close to June as well it's 
it feels like the summer is finally come, um, definitely. But um, we'll start off with the provincial finals and then we'll move on to the Tag Team Cup. Starting off with the first one at the weekend, it's at three o'clock. Probably the most least anticipated provincial final, it's, it's fair to say. The Munster football final between Kerry and Limerick on a three o'clock live at RT2 it's in Killarney. So it probably should be an easy win for Kerry on paper. But Limerick, they've done well to get to today's Munster final. They've beaten Clare, they've beaten Tipperary. And of course, they're in Division 2, they're in the All-Ireland Series. So you could argue there's no pressure on Limerick going into this game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I mean, the thing about Limerick is like they they love scoring goals. I mean, they scored four goals already in the in the championship this year. You know, scored ten or eleven goals throughout the the league as well. Like they've been they've been a really really attacking side, and it will be curious. Like you would you would obviously expect Kerry, like not even expect you you sort of know really that Kerry are probably going to come out winners by by ten plus. You know, I think you know if, if it's between ten and fifteen points. Limerick might even be happy with that. I'm not sure, to be honest. It'll be interesting to see Limerick's approach, definitely. But, um, you know, you've seen the way Limerick play at times as well, like the way they have overlapping runs and you have the likes of Peter Nash and Ian Corbett obviously getting forward at, at times as well. Adrian Enroy, I was very impressed with against Loud. Like, they do have good players. Josh Ryan's done very well this year. He's their top scorer. Um, I think the main thing for Limerick, to be honest, because I, th- I think Limerick will be eyeing up now in all Ireland quarterfinal. Like, they'll look at that uh, draw the qualifier draw like a lot of people are, are, are talking about how Cork would be happy and you know maybe Clare will be happy Mead will be happy but if you look at Limerick like if Limerick can come out of this without getting too much of a beating if they can stay competitive if they can keep this under 10 points that would be a huge plus in my opinion and stay competitive a bit like what Cork did for 50 minutes or so and maybe try to keep that up and then who knows like if they can get a, a decent like if they can get a Cork mate or allowed a Clare or a Mead you know I know Clare Cork, they'll be fancy their chances against Limerick as well. But you know, who's to say Limerick don't reach an All Ireland quarter final? Like a little bit of luck, and they could get there. So, um, although you would look at Kerry as being the overwhelming favourites, most certainly, there's, there's still a lot to play for here for Limerick. And if they were to reach an All Ireland quarter final, that would be a huge achievement for for Limerick football. And of course, it's worth mentioning the last time these two met in the Munster final, there was a point between the teams and Limerick, I think, were three or four points up at halftime, but that was 2010. Mm. That was 12 years ago. It's a bit of a lot has happened since then. But um, as you said, Limerick, they've had a brilliant year so far, like a lot of positives. And as for Kerry, like um, they played well enough against Cork from what I was hearing anyway, looking at the highlights, like people not giving Cork enough credit for the way they press Kerry so much, but I see your reaction to the game on your channel. You thought Kerry were pretty good in that game against Cork, despite people not not thinking the same as you. Yeah, like I, I thought, like, like, don't get me wrong, I don't think they were at their brilliant best. I don't think they were at 100%, but I don't think they needed to be. Like, I think they only really needed to be at 70 to 80%. And even at that, they only hit three or four wides in the game. Like David Clifford had a, a quiet enough day once again, once again against Cork. But I think it just for me that just shows more their 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 depth in their squad. Like Cork, as you said, played very well for you know 50 minutes or so, 40 to 50 minutes. You know, they kept well in touch with Kerry. They didn't have too many wides either. You could you could see the difference in terms of quality and conditioning. But like for, for Kerry, I still think they dealt with it very well. Like they, they still came out 12 point winners, and a lot of people are saying Cork have, have played well, you know. So that's still a big victory, and you know. Like they just have so many options from Tony Brosnan, Paddy Clifford, like Sean O'Shea hit 10 points on the day. Stephen O'Brien, I've been hearing from Kerry fans, they they felt like that was his best performance maybe since he played Dublin in the in the drawn game in the All Ireland final back in 2019. So 
Um, and they still had Paul Gainey to come off the bench, Darren Moynihan. So, um, yeah, like it wasn't 100% for Kerry, but a bit like Dublin in Leinster, like Dublin used to cruise their way through Leinster Championship games by, you know, 10, 15 points. Um, and they'd be look very, very comfortable in doing so. And I think for Kerry, really, like they, they don't need to go all out, all guns blazing because they need to save themselves. Because you've seen what happened last year when they probably went too far in the league and too far in the uh, in the Munster Championship as well. So uh, I think if they if they just save themselves, manage themselves a, a quite a bit, I think by the time all Ireland quarterfinals come around, then I think that's really when you'll you'll start to see the best of them. I suppose you mentioned Clifford there scoring only four points against Cork. Well, we say only four points, but by David Clifford's standards, it's not really enough in uh, one game, to be honest with you. But um, seeing as he performed pretty below par against Cork, Kevin Flahoy did with him pretty well. Is there kind of pressure on Clifford to deliver this game against Limerick, or do you think we'll see the best of Clifford once the quarterfinals, semi-finals come? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I do think maybe there's there's not a huge amount of pressure in the sense of because they they are the favourites, and even without Clifford being at his best, they should have enough to come through. Now, if it starts to become a close game, then all, all of a sudden, then and he's not having a great game or he's not in the game, then there definitely is a bit of pressure. But I just think for Clifford as well, like I think there was a lot of people of the opinion last year that he probably shouldn't have won an All Star. I, I believe that as well. I didn't. I thought he was good in patches against Clare, but from what I remember, I don't think he was at his brilliant best in the championship. And um, you know, for for a player like of his quality, he should be. Like he should be doing a lot, like he should be scoring one six, one seven against teams like Limerick because, like, you know, he, he is definitely in most people's eyes the best player in the country. Um, and he's you know, if Kerry go on to win in all Ireland, he's definitely going to be in contention for footballer of the year. So, I think for his own personal um performance, he'll want to put in a good performance here just so it gives maybe the team a bit more confidence going into the quarterfinals. But at the same time, don't think it's the, the be-all and end-all. Like, I think, you know, if Kerry end up winning an All-Ireland and Clifford isn't that as brilliant best, I don't think it will make that much of a difference in terms of Clifford. Like, I'm sure Clifford will still go home with a smile on his face, with a Sam McGoran in his back pocket. So, um, but you would feel like he would he will need to be at his best at some point. But um, to be honest, though, you, you would like, it'd be very hard to see how Limerick actually stop him, to be perfectly honest. Like, that's going to be... That's going to be an interesting one to see how they deal with him because, like, it's not just Clifford you have to deal with. It's Stephen O'Brien and it's Paul Ganey, Paddy Clifford, Tony Brosnan. There's just so Sean O'Shea. There's so much players to keep up with, um, but we'll have to wait and see. And I suppose uh, before we give our predictions on the game, I was actually thinking of Kerry's defence. Like they performed pretty well in the league, pretty well against uh, Cork. They only conceded one eleven or eleven points, excuse me, against Cork. Like Jason Foley was full back that day as well, and he's performed very well in the league. Do you think Limerick, like the likes of Josh Ryan, the likes of Robbie Burr, Killian Fahey, can put much pressure on the Kerry defence? Or do you think the Kerry defence can still hold their own in this game and they'll ch- be challenged once quarterfinal, semi-final time rolls around? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm sure, though, like for, for Kerry, for Jack O'Connor, for uh, Paddy Talley, like I'm sure when they evaluate this Limerick side and they look at this Limerick team, they will see that the main threat for Limerick has been goals. Like that's been essentially what's got Limerick to this point. Like they won by six points. The two goals were crucial there. The two goals against Clare were what's seen them into to penalties in that game. So they've been crucial in scoring goals. It's sort of been the main, like they like with Limerick, although Josh Ryan's done very well, like, like I think when you speak to most Limerick people, they probably say Danny Neville is probably their best forward and he's not in the, the panel this year. So um, like they probably don't have, 
maybe what say a Tipperary have and Connor Sweeney they, or what Loud have and Samuel Roy. Josh Ryan's done brilliantly well and he's a very good forward, make no mistake about that. But I don't know if they have like a, a marquee forward, like a top class forward. So I think for Kerry and for Paddy Talley and for Jack O'Connor, they like the, the main they'll definitely be trying to limit those goal opportunities. I can't remember Cork getting a single goal opportunity. And I think like th- that's going to be the main way Limerick win, like, it, or, you know, it, sort of make a game out of it is, is by them goals. So, um, and seeing how well Kerry have defended so far this year against much better teams, it's very hard to see how Limerick can, can cause any problems. But, you know, if Kerry are complacent or have an off day, you could see maybe Limerick causing a, a few problems there because, you know, Adrian Enroy and with, you know, Brian O'Donovan, Ian Corbett getting forward as well. And as you mentioned, Josh Ryan, like they, they have a lot of players who can cause chances and they do create a lot of goal chances as well. You've seen that in the, in the Clare and Tipperary game. So. Well, so we're both in agreement that uh, Kerry are going to win this game, but the question is by how much? Yeah, like I'd love to see it below 10 just because you'd love to see it be somewhat competitive. And um, it's probably a good thing that this one's on first, to be fair, because at least we, we kind of get this one over and done with. And this would be sort of like a nice warm-up game before um, before the Leinster final. Um, but yeah, like I think, yeah, I think Kerry probably by 15 plus realistically, realistically speaking, um, I think Limerick will they'll stay in contention maybe like they'll probably, they might only be six or seven points down at half time but as you've seen like with a lot of the games already this year it's it's in that final quarter really where the big teams have have pulled away like you've seen Tyrone do that against Fermanagh um, you've seen Kildare do that against Loud like just the conditioning and the bench of some of the bigger teams compared to the smaller teams makes such a big difference and I fully expect that that Kerry bench you know they're going to get a lot of game time and and certainly do a lot of damage to that Limerick defence when they when they will be getting more tired. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I'd go maybe 13, 14 points just to be nice to Limerick. Yeah, I'd love them to win, obviously, but uh, Kerry are just going to win this game. We all know that. And uh, going on to the next game, actually, now that you mentioned like getting Limerick Kerry out of the way, I was just thinking as well we get better as the finals go on. So. That's probably a positive look at the weekend, to be honest with you. Dublin Kildare is the next one, the Leinster final, as you mentioned, five o'clock on Saturday evening, live on RT2. Like, this is an interesting final here. Like, um, don't get me wrong, Dublin performed pretty well so far. They hammered Mead, they hammered Wexford, but Kildare, they're Division One, they're Division Two now. They were Division One last year or this year, should I say? They performed pretty well. Jimmy Hoyland's doing well. They performed pretty poorly against Westmead, but still. There's a lot of expectation about this game, more so than recent years. Yeah, definitely. Like I think when you look at obviously Kildare having beaten Dublin this year in the league and obviously having finished above the league, and I know it's kind of funny, like a lot of people are almost discounting Dublin's league performance and saying they're still huge All-Ireland contenders, still huge All-Ireland favourites, and sort of just forgetting the fact that you know they lost you know six out of eight games, conceded 11 goals in the process, had one of their worst ever league campaigns in you know 50 plus years like it was it was dreadful really from Dublin like let's be let's be perfectly honest and even in the mead game there was still vulnerabilities there defensively like I, I still seen that early Jordan Morris chance um a couple a couple of other times mead floated like sort of just diagonal balls into into the square like that that has caused problems for Dublin this year it was how the Kildare game ca- came about you've seen the Monaghan goals as well um, some of the, the damage that Kerry done so like if Kildare can can do that if they can get direct ball into Jimmy Hoyland's Daniel Flynn if he's if he's starting 
um, Derek here one. Like they definitely will cause problems for for Dublin. And I, I think one thing I hope, well, as a Dublin fan, I obviously want Dublin to win. But I suppose if you were a neutral watching this, you want Kildare to attack Dublin and get at Dublin because if they sit back and sort of play like they done last year and be defensive, I think Dublin will will find a way through them and beat them. But I think if they come out and get at Dublin, they might just like if Kildare can go five or six points up you know, suddenly Dublin are under a little bit of pressure. And we've seen them this year when they have fallen behind, they've struggled a lot of the time to uh, to turn it around. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting one. But I think I, I think Dublin, looking at their performances against Mead and Wexford, they, they probably will turn up and, and play good football and, and play the way that they want to play. But I think a lot will depend on Kildare. Like if they have the, the bottle and the, and the mentality to really try and get at Dublin because there definitely is goals in this game for them. And I think if they're if they can get their forwards in it, I, I think they 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 could be in for something special. Like I, I really do think they have a serious chance. They most certainly do, yeah. And uh, it's interesting with Kildare this championship game, so championship campaign so far. Like against Lowe, they performed pretty well. Against Westmead, there was a lot of pundits criticizing them after their performance. But I was just thinking the other day, maybe this Kildare team is peaking at the right time, maybe peaking to Leinster final stage. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, they, they have gone full throttle a lot of the time throughout the the entirety of the league, obviously, in all their games in Newbridge. Like they were fairly they were fairly well tuned in in the league. And and obviously when they played loud, like they they put in a big performance there, scoring 222 and blowing away a team by 16 points when a lot of people felt like that game would actually be a lot closer. And then yeah, against Westmead, it was a strange one, really. I think they just took their foot off the gas really going into the the final 10 minutes, I think maybe there was an element there of of Glenn Ryan's men sort of looking at looking at looking at thinking, you know, we'll, we'll conceive a bit of energy here. We'll try, you know, make sure we don't have any more injuries. Cause obviously Flynn has had his injury problems. Paddy Woodgate's now had a couple of injury problems as well. So I think from a, a Kildare perspective, there probably was an element of not risking too much. Um it's a hard one to know. Like I think you could also say at the same time they've gone so strong, like they, they've really pushed themselves in the league. They, they put in a big performance against Loud. Maybe they looked a bit flat against Westmead. So you could look at it on the opposite side of the spectrum and say maybe have they, you know, gone hell for leather and maybe burned themselves out a little bit. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting, definitely. But I think if they if they can perform to the level that they know that they can perform, I think they can definitely give Dublin a, a really good run for their money. And look at the scores list, actually. It's interesting, when you look at the Dublin score list, the second-top score is a guy that has come back for the league. Well, he wasn't playing in the league. He's come back into the championship campaign. That is Conor Callan, of course. He scored 1-8 so far in two games. Like, how impressed have you been as a Dublin fan with Conor Callan coming into the team? Has he made so much of a difference that uh, Dublin seem to be all other contenders again now? Yeah, definitely. Like, he definitely has made a huge difference, all right. To score 1-6 in your first game, obviously, after coming back from... You know what many people believe to be injury problems. Um, although that, I'm not too sure if that has been confirmed or, or or what was going on there, but he's come back into the team and yeah, he's looked brilliant. You know, one six against Wexford, two points against Mead, very very impressive. Um, from from his perspective, um, and he does offer like I suppose a a different outlet really because you see Con O'Callaghan when he when he can leap up and and catch those high balls and the way he turns like he can sort of kick a direct ball into him and and it just it does just change the dimension a little bit because you know he, he doesn't just kick points and score but he supports the play as well um he's usually sort of part of that when you see a lot of Dublin's vintage goals where they're sort of you know making triangles in around the square and then obviously the volleyball sort of hand pass stall goal like you see 
Dublin do that a lot. So having Conor Callaghan back in the side definitely gives them that um, that outlet. And um, and yeah, you know, he, he's definitely, you know, he, Dublin are definitely a lot better with him in the team because it then, you know, you're then looking at, you know, players like Paddy Small, like they brought him off the bench. He's not a bad player to bring off the bench, Lorcan Odell as well. So, you know, Dublin and Noel Scully, for example, who, who came off the bench, like Dublin are all of a sudden finding just a few options from the bench that maybe they didn't have last year. Um, and I think that's that's going to be of critical importance if they are going to do anything special this year and win back the All-Ireland. I suppose another aspect going into this game, like Kildare came off the back of a tough enough game against Westmead. Like Kildare did perform poorly, but let's give credit to Westmead. They were brilliant in that semi-final. But when you look at Mead's performance against Dublin and Crow Park, most people described it on social media as pathetic. Like, would that be a worry for yourself as a Dublin fan that you didn't really get a text, um, a test as of yet because Wexford weren't really up to it in the quarterfinal and then Mead didn't really pull up their best performance in the semi-final after that? Yeah, I think that they're definitely you definitely do make a good point there because... Like I think even though Mead lost by 13 points and they were, as you said, very poor, they were terrible for the majority of the game. Like the scoreline probably flatters them. Like the fact that it was only 13 points, they obviously got that late goal, which sort of made it, well, not more respectable, but a lot. Like this could have been 20 plus at one stage. You were looking at it and thinking this could have been more than that 2020 hammering. Um, but even at that, like there were just a few instances, as I said, where Mead created a couple of goal chances um, and that was like, they, they probably only tried that tactic maybe two or three times in the whole game. And it, they nearly came, you know, they nearly pulled it off. So, um, and, and there probably is an element of, because Dublin have, as you said, come up against two teams that really are very low at the minute um, in terms of morale, in terms of quality, they probably look a lot better than they are. And there's probably a lot of hype in Dublin's favour and a lot of people believe in Dublin again and, and everything else. And it could be, a, it could maybe be an issue because, like as we've seen in the league, when Dublin have been under pressure, they haven't been able to to turn it around this year. Like I know they fought back against Monaghan, and you know it was level going into the last kick of the game. But that was more so just down to Monaghan crumbling really and giving away a silly penalty. Um, because Dublin didn't even look like scoring in that one. So, um, yeah, that that might be a bit of worry. As I said, like if Kildare can put up a five to six point lead, um, and and keep a lot of consistency throughout the game. It will be interesting to see how Dublin respond. But I do think at the same time, it would be a good thing for Dublin to be in that position because, you know, being five or six points down against Kildare, like they, they, they could turn that around. Like they have the quality to do so. Um, and having that confidence and experience of turning that around, it might just give them confidence if, say, they fall three, four points down against the Mayo in a quarterfinal or, you know, a, a, a carry in a semi final, let's say, for example. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that, yeah, there's definitely a few, a few concerns there. And what would you be your score prediction going into this game? Do you think Dublin can retain the Leinster title once again, or do you think Kildare can win their first Leinster title since two thousand? Remarkably, yeah. Well, look from a neutral perspective, I definitely think Kildare have a, have a serious chance. Like they really, really do. I've seen a lot of people writing Kildare off and saying Kildare will get beat by by ten plus and and fifteen plus. And look, maybe it will happen if Kildare don't perform to the levels that they can. Then 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 it could be fifteen plus, but. Um, I think it will be a lot closer, but as a as a Dublin man, I'm definitely not going to predict Kildare to to topple Dublin, or maybe I'll be kicked out of the county. But um, I'm, yeah, I, I think Dublin will will have enough by by six or seven. Um, but I think if Kildare can perform, you know, if they, if they can turn up and, and get Jimmy Hyland on the ball, Derek Kirwan, 
um, you know, Neil Flynn around the middle. I think they, they, you know, th- there is potential there for them to do something in this one. Um, and I wouldn't be all that shocked if Kildare won this one. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. I'd have to say Dublin will win this game. Maybe, I don't know, six, seven points, I think, would be a fair assumption on that game. But I would not be surprised at the slightest if Kildare win it with Johnny Doyle in the backroom team there. Anthony Rainbow, Dermot Early, they'll be up for this game, no doubt, more so than the players, you would think. But um, should be a very interesting game and one of the best heads of finals in the years, I would think. Uh, the next game, the provincial finals get better as we go on. Galway and Roscommon. Now, this is the Connick final 145 at RT2 on Sunday. I don't know about you, Aaron, but I'm really excited about this game. Two evenly matched sides. They went both went up to Division 1 at the same time. A lot of people thinking Galway have a little bag after beating Mayo doing the hard part. But Roscommon, I think, are waiting in the long grass for this one. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and I think Roscommon would have had their eyes set on both Mayo or Galway for a long time. Like, they would have known, realistically speaking, that they're gonna have enough to to get past Sligo. Like, they have they have enough quality in there. They have enough players. They they, they very much knew that they were gonna do to, to get that job done. So they probably were. I could say Anthony Cunningham, all the management, a lot of the players probably would have sat down and watched the. The Mayo and Galway game, and they would have they, they like they'll. It's two teams obviously know each other very well because they've played each other twice already in the league, um, and now they play each other again. So it's going to be an interesting one. Like, like I could imagine there'll be a lot. I could imagine it might be low score, and there might be a lot of you know players canceling each other out, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes because, um, like Roscommon will certainly have their homework done on on Galway and maybe they've almost had too much time waiting for this one in, in some respects because they've sort of known about this game for, for quite a long time and maybe the same for, for Galway as well. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very intriguing. All right. Like Galway looks very impressive, obviously when they, when they beat Mayo and obviously came through Leitrim as well. Like, and you know, when you have Damien Comer, Fish, Shane Walsh, fit, like they just look like a completely different team. Paul Conroy has been, outstanding really in around the middle um and then with ross common they've just you know the only unbeaten team uh so far in in 2022 in gaelic football that'll definitely stand to them so this is the real asset test for ross common because i think if they can come through this i think an all ireland semi-final isn't inconceivable in my opinion um and even if they lose like going into the qualifiers i still reckon they'll um you know they'll get to an all ireland quarterfinal so um yeah, a lot to be positive for for both teams and, and definitely looking forward to it. Most definitely so. And you look at uh, Galway's attack and defence against Mayo, the defence especially, like Galway have had problems defensively for years, even even early on this year. I watched them against Cork and Parky Keeve and they were very poor defensively. But to transform the defence the way they did against Mayo, I was really impressed with them that day. Like Mayo were banging on the door towards the end of the game and Galway still wouldn't let them in. Like, is that a pleasing aspect if you're if you're the Galway management team, if you're um, Patrick Joyce, like the defence has improved, like the attack has always been good. We always knew that, Paul Conroy, Shane Walsh, all them players, but the defence, once they've improved, like that has to be a pleasing aspect for Galway going into this big game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and, and who knows, like maybe throughout the league they were working on a system or, or working on tactics and they didn't want to show their hand too soon, maybe with the fact that they knew that, you know the, the likelihood was was maybe there that they were going to play at Russ Common further further on down the line. So they definitely have improved offensively. Like you start to see that a little bit towards the end of the league. Like everyone's praising Derry at the minute, and you've seen what Galway done to Derry. Like they put four past them uh, towards the end of the league, and that was a big game as well for Derry because they're looking to 
they were looking to get into Division One. Had they won that game, they they may have been in Division One. So um, yeah, look, most certainly, I think Galway have have definitely you know shown a lot of signs of uh, of improvement and. You know, Sean Kelly's been excellent, and in my opinion, John Daly, Kieran Malloy, like a lot, a lot of, a lot of very good players in in that Galway defence, and um, it's going to be interesting to see the likes of Connor Cox and and the Smith and how they how they get on against that Galway um, backline and, and and whether it is sustainable because I, I do think Mayo had chances, but they probably just weren't clinical enough. Um, but I think, yeah, I, th- I think Galway have definitely shown a lot of uh, improvements defensively but Ross Common are very good defensively as well like they're one of the best defensive teams in the league and that's why I think this game while it will be intriguing I do think it might be low scoring and it might be maybe a bit of a hard watch at times that's actually a fair point here and even I was looking at um, an article Darrell Connor from the sideline you put out on uh, Twitter earlier today he was saying that uh, Ross Common have won in Salt Hill actually twice now and that's a bare bit of a stadium. It's an unbelievable record for Roscommon. Like, could that be a factor as well that Galway, you know, have a bit of stage right at home against the side like Roscommon and kind of flattered to deceive? Like, that could that be a positive for Roscommon going into the game as well? Yeah, well, I suppose history suggests that it certainly probably will be a positive because for whatever reason, when Roscommon are playing at home in these Connacht finals or semi-finals, they don't seem to quite get there. They, they seem to quite struggle. I know they beat Galway at home earlier in the in the league but there does seem to seem to be something in the, in the Connacht Championship when they go away from home maybe where you know they have the tail between the legs and, and they sort of stand up to be counted so um, definitely could be a huge huge opportunity for Roscommon going away to, to, to Galway most certainly Yeah definitely so you look at Roscommon's um, scores as well you mentioned their defence being excellent but what I know is their scores in the league as well there were so many different scores. I've said this so many times before as well. They always relied on one player, whether it be Connor Cox or Doney Shine back in the day. They have the likes of Connor Cox now, the two Smith brothers and Ed Doney. They have Noel Kilroy there as well, who's chipping with a few points. The Mortas and Dermot and uh, Kieran. And you have um, other players as well, Kia McKeown, who's an excellent young player. Like Ross Common to have these amounts of players coming through as well, even if they lose on Sunday, going through in, into the quarterfinals. Or they could possibly get to a semi-final with the amount of talent they have to step up when others like Cox aren't stepping up. Yeah, well, to be honest, like I think this you could argue the case that this is maybe the best Roscommon team possibly ever. Um, and possibly better than the the size that won the, the two Connacht titles. And they will need to deliver and they will need to actually go out and win a Connacht title for that to be proved and then obviously they'll probably need to go one better in an all or a quarter final but as you said there like yeah the, the balance in the squad seems seems very very good between you know Connor Cox and the Smiths two veterans who've obviously been there and done it a huge amount of experience Kira Murta since coming back in looks very good Key McKeown as well and as you mentioned some of the younger players who've, who've come through and even the options from the bench like even just looking at against Sligo like you'd German Murta, who came off the bench, Noel Kilroy, Keith Doyle, like they're they're getting a whole host of scores from 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 so many options. So like they have top quality players, but because the problem was was where it was common for a long time was that they were for a while they were almost too attacking and they were leaving themselves too vulnerable at the back, and that was sometimes what worked in their favour because they were catching teams cold and they were going out and troubling Mayo and troubling Galway. But then when they came up against the very top teams the likes of your Dublins and then obviously Mayo and Crow Park, you know, they were getting torn apart. So reverting back to being way too defensive, 
that clearly didn't suit them either. The fans weren't happy with that. But it seems like now they've sort of found the perfect balance between the two systems. Um, but I think at the same time, this is obviously now where where it matters. And um, yeah, I'd give Ross Common a huge chance, definitely to, to to cause a shock. I don't even know if it would be a shock. To be fair, it probably wouldn't. To be to be honest with you, like Galway are a good side. Don't get me wrong, but Ross Common were in the same position as Galway. They actually top Galway. And getting promoted as well, winning the Division Two final in Crow Park and actually topping the league itself. So you could argue Ross Common should be favourites for this game. But who would you back? Like this is a very tight one to call. Like, um, gee, who would you back, Aaron, in this game? Would it be Galway or would it be Ross Common for the third time in since 2017? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one, all right. Like the the idea of Ross Common beating Galway three times in in one year seems very tough, but. I probably would just give them the edge, to be honest. I have a funny feeling this is going to go to, to extra time. And I think, as I was saying there, I think Ross Common's bench is better in terms of the option options that they have. I think they've, like this Galway side is still a little bit, there is still a lot of new newer players in there and the likes of Sean Kelly and Robbie Finnerty, who's come back in and a few other lads, Matthew Tierney, for example. And whilst Ross Common have introduced young players as well, I just think they're, they they just have a little bit more of an edge. I think they're just a little bit more balanced. And like even in the in the Mayo game, for example, like Galway won that game by a point in the end. But people forget like Galway were six seven up going into the final ten minutes, and Ross Con- or and Mayo nearly pulled it back out of nothing when Mayo were fairly poor for for large parts of that game. So I think if Ross Common are at the races, and they keep up the, the performances that we've seen from them in the league, get Cox on the ball and the Smith with those driving runs. Yeah, I think I think they will be Galway. I think it'll be close and I think it will be an extra time, but I'd, I'd fancy Ross Common maybe maybe of the narrowest margins, maybe by a point. It could even be penalties as well. Could be, definitely. It'll be a very, very tight game. Jeez, uh, who to win this game? I would probably go Ross Common as well. Like I bat them from the start to win college titles and yeah, I just think Ross Common will have it in there, as you mentioned, the bench there, the forwards they have. And there's a lot of pressure, though, with the likes of Shane Walsh, David Cobra to perform for Galway. And I'm not sure can they perform in this magnitude of game. Their jury's out there, but we'll have to see. Like, this will be a very tight game. And speaking of tight games, the next one, the Ulster Championship final, Derry and Donegal. It's live on RT2 and BBC2 North Ireland if you're up in the north somewhere. You can watch RT at four o'clock on Sunday. Like, my God, this looks like a very tough game to call. Like, I've watched Derry twice now, done stats in their games. I've done, watched Johnny Gall against Armagh. So, I've seen a lot from both sides. And I'll honestly tell you, Aaron, there's not a whole lot to call between these two. Yeah, well, this is definitely the, the game that I'm most excited for this weekend, to be perfectly honest, because it, 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 it's going to be very interesting. Like, whoever can come through this... I think I think Derry for me are, are all Ireland contenders. I, th- I still think there's a question mark over Donegal, but if Donegal can go out and beat Derry, I think that will give them. Although Donegal are going to be the favourites and they beat Derry last year, I think that will give them a lot of confidence. And then also as well, like they'll be avoiding Dublin, Kerry, and either Galway or Roscommon in an all Ireland quarter final, provided obviously you know Dublin and Kerry win their provincial finals. Um, and that'd be massive as well then. And and then you're looking at, you know, who, who maybe comes through the qualifiers. If they can get, you know, maybe someone like a Cork or or maybe someone like a Clare and you'd fancy them then, then all of a sudden they're in an all in semi-final and then it's it's bonus territory then. So it's a huge, huge game for both counties. Like, to be honest, this is probably the biggest game of, of their season, in my opinion, because the sort of knock-on effects of uh, of winning this one 
are going to be so important really because you know you're you're going into that quarterfinals avoiding some of the other big boys in there as well but and yeah like there's a storyline obviously here Rory Gallagher going up against his uh, his former team um you know a, a team that he was a part of a team where he learned his whole trade under Jim McGuinness he obviously managed as well um you look at Derry style it's maybe evolved a little bit from Jim McGuinness i don't think it's quite as like hugely defensive as as Donegal but there there is quite there is a lot of elements of that like you can definitely see the sort of Jim McGuinness-esque sort of um you know way of that area playing and yeah you know the way they break at pace as well they break on the attack and and the way you know that you even seeing the likes of Garrett McKinless venturing forward you know I think um Benny Heron's been probably a very underrated player a player who probably doesn't get the, the credit he deserves and you know you're seeing uh, Connor Doherty venture, venturing forward as well like they just the way they're playing is very very exciting and defensively they've been brilliant so far Brendan Rodgers has been very good and um you know if it is Brendan Rodgers picking up Michael Murphy obviously we'll have to wait and see that could be a you know that could be a really really intriguing battle so um yeah it's a huge huge game for for both counties really because you know I think a defeat for Derry isn't the end of the world because of the fact that they're, you know, they're probably still quite early on in the Rory Gallagher cycle. But a defeat for Donegal is a huge blow because then it's two Ulster final defeats in three years, and you know, I reckon a lot of teams then will be fancying their chances against them in in the qualifiers. Actually, interesting you mentioned the the quali- the qualifier draw going into the quarterfinals. I'm just thinking if Derry and Ross Common win their provincial titles, like they'll be going into the easy side of the draw. I think Conor McKenna mentioned on your own podcast, I think a preview to one of the games, he was saying that there could be a situation like in the World Cup where Croatia and England were on one side of the draw, did big guns on the other side. Mm. In this case, you have Dublin and Kerry on one side, and then you have Derry and Roscommon. Roscommon haven't reached the semi-final since the 80s. Derry haven't reached once since I think 04 or 05. So, we could have that situation there and look at the qualifier draw from Monday as well. There could, that situation looks more and more likely as the summer goes on. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and I think that would be great to see. Like, you know, I, th- I think that's definitely a, a breath of, of fresh air. And maybe then you would have a, a potential, well, I don't think it'd be a one-sided final or anything like that. But I think, it, yeah, I, th- I think there's, there's a lot of interesting sort of uh, points of view there, definitely. And, and the qualifier draw with, I know some people were complaining that a lot of the big guns sort of ended up playing each other, like Armand Tyrone and Mayo Monaghan. But I think it would have been worse if they were all kept separate because then, you know, you, you would have probably, you would have looked at all those qualities. Like, say, if it was Mayo against Cork, Monaghan against Loud, um, Armagh against Clare, and then, you know, Tyrone against the, um, the other, uh, the Clare or Mead, sorry, the other side in there, you would have looked at Tyrone, Mayo, Monaghan, and you would have said, yeah, th- those games are going to be fairly straightforward they should be seeing them through and there wouldn't be as much interest i don't think in in that qualifier draw whereas now it definitely does open it up quite a lot more so um yeah definitely it's going to be interesting and, and for Derry and roscommon two huge huge games because um the knock-on effects if they win this could be huge and like if if Derry can like i, I as i said before still think they're they're serious all-ireland contenders anyway but if they can get this scalp and beat Donegal. They're they're really a team to be feared, and 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 I would start to I would really start to put them as maybe the second best team behind Kerry if they if they win this weekend. And when you look at Derry's performances, like against Tyrone, they didn't only beat them; they absolutely obliterated the All Ireland champions in that Ulster quarter final. 
And against Monaghan, like scoreline was kind of flattering to Monaghan. Looking at that game, I watched the full game myself. And I thought Derry were much better than Monaghan. Monaghan might have had more chances. But once Derry broke, Monaghan could deal with them whatsoever. And that game plan for Derry, that game plan for Rory Gallagher, seems to be working like inviting teams onto them. And didn't they break so quickly at pace? It kind of reminds me of that Donegal great team under Jim McGuinness in 2012. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the similarities are really there. Like when you're when you're watching them, I'm almost getting flashbacks of, of Donegal in 2014 against Dublin. It's just, it's very, very similar to, to the way Donegal played the exact same way. Like they, they stood off, they sat back against Dublin, but they limited the space. They allowed Dublin to kick from distance. And I remember in the first half, it was actually working because Dublin, I think, were six points up or four or five points up at half time. But they, they eventually started to wear Dublin down and, and then eventually just started breaking and, you know, in numbers. And all of a sudden, Dublin just couldn't couldn't deal with Donegal. Donegal probably nearly could have won by more in the end. Um, it, it, was a, it was a crazy game. So, um, yeah, look, from a, from a Derry perspective and from a Rory Gallagher perspective, you would expect them to, to set up the same way. But at the same time, you know, these Donegal, a lot of these Donegal players played under that system under Jim McGuinness. So, um, and, and although Declan Bonner's Donegal aren't quite like that, you know, there's definitely a, a bit more sort of a bit more possession based sort of system under Donegal and, and, and hand passing and everything else. It probably isn't as um, it certainly isn't quite like the same way that Rory Gallagher's Derry play. But, you know, a lot of those players know uh, how, how Rory Gallagher and how Derry are going to set up. And I think that's what makes this very intriguing because, you know, Donegal are going to know a lot about, Rory Gallagher and Derry system and, and Rory Gallagher is going to know a lot about these Donegal players so um, yeah it's going to be very interesting I feel like we're talking a lot about Derry and deservedly so Derry have performed absolutely brilliant in the Ulster Championship but with Donegal like they beat an Armagh team that were heavily tipped for all-Ireland contention before Derry even came into the fray after their performance against Dublin in the league and Donegal really beat them quite comprehensively in that quarterfinal they might have performed poorly in that semi-final against Cavan, but I feel in those type of games in the past, like against Cavan in 2020, like against Mayo in 2019, Donegal would have lost those games. So it kind of shows the grit of this Donegal team that they went over that game. Like Cavan are no bad team by any means. Yeah, like they, they definitely are going under the radar. It's a strange one with, with Donegal because they, I think they finished third in the league. Um, as you said, they beat Armagh very convincingly, very comfortably. Um, they, and, and obviously they came through Cavan as well. Um, and I suppose it is the sign of a great team if you can win games when you're not playing particularly well. That was probably Donegal's problem in the past where they probably needed to be at their best really to, to come through games and to win games. So um, yeah, like, and, and that's what makes it fascinating as well because it, it is a weird one with Donegal. Like it, it's hard to know really where they're at because they've had some great performances this year, but they've had some underwhelming performance and performances and maybe not got punished at the same time, you know, like against Toronto, remember in the league, like for the opening half an hour of the game, I thought Toronto were the better side. They were dominating and, and should have been clear in front, but then Donegal just turned it on. And once they started to play well and build a bit of confidence, all of a sudden they look like a different team. So it's a strange one with Donegal. Like, um, you know, they're probably, they, they're looking a lot to Paddy McBrearty a lot of the time, Michael Murphy um, and Michael Langan's obviously looked very good since coming into the side as well. So, um, yeah, it's just it's it's such it's so it's such a tricky one really to to call in many ways. But um, yeah, Donegal, you definitely can't sleep on the either. and that's why I'm saying like if they if they can come through Derry 
then I think you have to you have to really start putting them in the in the All Ireland's contenders bracket because they're in that side of the draw that's certainly more favourable. And um, a bit of luck in an All Ireland quarter final, and and who knows where they could end up really. And I suppose you actually mentioned beforehand to Derry and Donegal last year, like it was a point that Derry could have easily gone for a point to level the game, and they didn't at the end. Like, could that have an effect on this game? Like, could Derry have something to prove in this game? I know they performed pretty well in the Ulster Championship, but after last year's heartbreaking defeat, is this a point to prove for Derry that they could, in fact, beat Donegal? Yeah, it could, it may, maybe there, there could be an element of that, but I, I do think at the same time they'll probably be more so just looking ahead to this year and looking ahead to to this game. Like I think la, like last year with Derry, it was just because of co- like co- I think COVID affected a, a lot of teams because you know they had limited games and you couldn't have challenge games and you weren't allowed training and just there was all sorts of chaos there. And for Derry, like they were starting to get. Obviously, Rory Gallagher had, had taken charge in in twenty twenty. They just very limited games, and they weren't playing because they'd fallen so far down the divisions. They weren't getting quality games against good teams, um, and they obviously couldn't have that many challenge matches because of COVID as well. So, um, it was probably one of them where they needed that game. And if there had been qualifiers, maybe they would have gone on a bit of a run and and maybe got to a quarter final or you know final round of the qualifiers or something like that. So. Um, yeah, there, there might certainly be an element to prove, and, and maybe even for Rory Gallagher as well. Like when you see his how crazy he is on the sideline at times, and his um, you know, jumping around and all the rest. Um, you could see Donegal fans getting angry with that as well. Like given his his sort of uh, connection with Donegal as well. So I think it's it's just between himself and Declan Bonner. Like it's going to be very interesting looking at them on the on the sideline. And who are you backing for this game? Like, this is a very tight game. You were talking about it. Ross Common was tight and potentially Dublin Kildare. But this is very, very hard to call considering both sides different performances in the Sultan's Championship and their performances over the past few years. But so, who's your um, prediction to win this Ulster final? Yeah, well, I suppose before a, a ball was kicked, like at the start of the year, I backed Donegal to, to win Ulster and, and probably a lot of people probably didn't see that one coming, but just the side of the draw that they were on, I always fancied them to get through Armagh. I always felt like Tyrone would get caught, but the one thing I didn't expect was for Derry to be as good as they were. I thought maybe they still had another year to go before they could produce like sort of a big performance. I thought they'd been quite unlucky with draws, like getting Tyrone again in the, in the open round. Like they haven't, they haven't had many games in Ulster in the last three, four years where maybe they play like a down or an Antrim, just where they can get a win, build up confidence. Like they've, they've had to do it the hard way, but to be honest, yeah, I'd, I'd have to back Derry for, for this one. Like, I just think when you look at how well defensively they were against Tyrone, against Monaghan, the way they broke with pace, um, you know, Shane McGuigan's been excellent as well. The energy that they play with, the intensity. And, and yeah, like, and if, if Donegal aren't careful, like, it could end up a bit like Monaghan and Tyrone and it could end up getting away from them. So, like, for Donegal, they're going to have to match Derry and, and live with them. Um, and when you've seen Donegal against Cavan, they just didn't, didn't really look like that against Armagh. They were they were great. Don't get me wrong, but I think Armagh were very poor at the same time. So, yeah, I, I think Derry are going to do it, and I think it's going to be comfortable enough as well. To be honest, I think it'll be by five or six. It's a very shocking prediction. Like I Josh, you Dave say it'll be a tighter game than uh, your prediction right there. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to back Derry myself. Like before the ball was even kicked in the Ulster Championship, I actually said Monaghan would win it, and considering Derry beat Monaghan quite comprehensively in that semi final. I'm going to go Derry. I think it'll be tighter than your prediction. I think it'll be about two or three points, but it should be a very fascinating game indeed. Very um, exciting 
finalists to look forward to. Maybe three out of the four, maybe not so much Liberty can carry, but them four finalists should be some crackers this weekend. And um, we'll go on to the Talented Cup now, but um, before we preview these games, like Colin O'Rourke was talking about in the Sunday game the other night, saying it'll be great to promote these competitions. They just need the promotion. It was announced recently that there'll be one game shown on GA go a week. Like, do you think that's enough for the Talented Cup or do you think there should be more shown at the same time? Yeah, like, well, I suppose if they could do what they did last year and, and show all the games on, on GA Go and have them available there, it'd be very handy, like, because you know that there's going to be cameras, I suppose, at a lot of the games. Um, Yeah, look, one, one game, I suppose, I, I feel like it'd be better maybe if they had one game from each section, maybe one game from North, one game from South. I feel like that'd be a lot better. And if, maybe if they had two games per week, it'd be a lot handier because obviously, you know, I know you have qualifiers coming up next weekend, but... You're not going to have too many games now between now and the the end of the of the championship. Like you'll be down to, like after this weekend, like what or, or after the weekend after this one, you'll be down to what twelve teams left in the championship. So you know you're looking at what you know not that many games, only like 10, 11 games left in the in the entirety of the championship. So no reason why I don't think they can have more. I know obviously you've hurling games as well, but you know we're we're true to round robin there as well, so there isn't much to show there. So um, yeah, the, I, I think there should be more. Should definitely should be more games shown but I think the big one really will be you know how much coverage are they going to give it on the Sunday game like how many highlights are they going to show are they going to show just two three games or are they going to show more like that I think that's going to be the big question really because um I know they're doing a good job at the weekend but they're probably you know they didn't there was no other football colliding there obviously you have four provincial finals and they're definitely going to take up most of the airtime so it's going to be interesting to see how they um what way they fit the games in and, and what way they, the like, I, I feel like with the coverage as well, I know obviously having the likes of your Calm O'Rourke's and Calm Cooper's and Sean Cavanaugh's when you're, when, when they're going through like the big games makes sense because they've been there and done it. But maybe if they could get someone on who played for a Wicklow or played for a Longford or, you know, played for, uh, for Mana, um, and get them on to, 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 to look back over the, the Tolchin Cup games. I think that would be interesting, you know? That's a very good uh, point you made there. And I think this weekend, I definitely agree with you. This will be the big challenge this weekend. I was actually going to say that, that um, there wasn't much football action. There, there was none, in fact. There was only the two games last weekend in the Talchic Cup to show, like shown by one analyst in Colmar Rock, which I was kind of disappointed about. But at the same time, no Corley took precedence last week. But this weekend, will definitely show us. Like those four provincial finals, we'll see how much the Talchic Cup gets this weekend. And, the first game we're going to talk about in uh, chronological order actually is the game that the only game shown on GA Go. It's Leitrim against Antrim, two o'clock. Andy Moore against Aidan McGinley, two very good players on their day. Like, this should be a very interesting counter. Like, Antrim had a disappointing result against Cavan in the Ulster Championship. Leitrim kind of expected to lose to Galway in that Connacht semi final. So, um, Leitrim and Antrim both sides would be gunning for this, and this should be a very interesting counter. Yeah, it'll be an intriguing one, most certainly, because obviously both teams um, were fairly hammered, obviously, in their, their province um, the, in their last games. And, you know, I think a lot of people did expect Galway to come through Leitrim in the, in, in the way that they, or beat Leitrim quite comfortably, maybe not as convincingly as it was. Like, I think it was only 11 points to five at half time, And then Galway just completely ran away with it and in, in the second half. And then it was kind of similar where Cavan Antrim was close at half time, although Cavan were fairly dominant and should have been more in front. So, um yeah, it's 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 an interesting one, all right. Like Antrim, it's a hard one to judge with Antrim because you look at it and they don't have a lot of underage success coming through 
they're probably still reliance on the likes of Ryan Murray, Rory McCann, who probably are getting on a bit. You would look at it and would you think like has has Andy McGinley like is there much more he can really do? Like can he squeeze a bit more out of that team? I'm not so sure. Like so, like one part of me thinks like maybe they've um probably maybe. I don't know, like overachieved a little bit this year and getting so so far up in Division Three, um. But at the same time, you wouldn't back against them pulling off a result here, but um, probably would have to back Leitrim. I think I, I do think they just have better players in Ryan O'Rourke, Emlyn Mulligan, um. And I do think, yeah, it's it's a very tricky one to be honest in many ways, but just with Leitrim as well having the home advantage, I think, I think that might just make the difference. Tickets as well. Tom Pryor, another very good young player. Definitely want to watch in the Tattoo Cup. Keith Byrne, he didn't play much in the Connacht Championship due to that red card at the last day of the league season. So he'll be going for this competition. I'd have to agree with you. I'd go Leitrim. They have home advantage. They probably have better players. And Antrim, as you said, it's kind of an interesting point, but maybe correct. See, they're a bit overrated in uh, people's eyes. The way they performed in the league, not much underrated success. And maybe Leitrim could show them up, especially at home. The next game is between Cavan and Down. We'll probably say Cavan will win this game. They're favourites for the competition, rightly so. And added to that, there is so much friction in that Down camp. Barry O'Higgins said in the last few weeks that he doesn't care about the competition. Eugene Brannigan said he doesn't care about being in the Down team. Like, for a side that has won so many All-Ireland titles and we're in an All-Ireland final with Cork in 2010, like, it's been some collapse for Down over the last few months. Like, Cavan are probably going to win the game to compound their misery. Like, what has happened down over the last year or so? Yeah, like, it's definitely been very disappointing, I imagine, for most down supporters, really, to, to see, like, how poor it's been for them. Like, they haven't won a game at all since they beat West Westmead at the end of, um, or, or sorry, when they won the the uh, the, the, quali- the relegation playoff at the end of 2020 um, against Leash, I think it was. So they've, they've had a lot of, um, they've had a lot of disappointments, all right, from, from a down perspective. And, as you said there, like Barry O'Hagan speaking out, but then also at the Talshin Cup launch. So, you know, it's a strange one, really. It doesn't seem to make much sense, really, what's going on, like problems with the ma- management and the players and obviously Eugene Brannigan speaking out as well. It's a shame, really, and it's actually a shame as well that this game isn't being shown on GA Go. Like, I, this would have been the game I probably would have been most interested in, really, just because, you know, it's the two most successful um, all or winning Ulster teams in history would have been good for them to play each other in this or, or sorry for this to be shown on, on TV like and although you would look at it and think maybe Cavan will be as convincingly as there was like I still expect down maybe to put in a bit of a bit of a performance and I suppose try and sort of right the wrongs and sort of you know a bit of siege mentality and try sort of um, you know prove a lot of the doubters wrong and sort of obviously you've had a lot of people speaking out about down like maybe they'll James McCartan will look at some of the, the younger players and under 20 players and think you know, let's go and let's go and do something here and let's try and, you know, take a big scalp. But yeah, like with, with Cavan's quality and Thomas Gallagher and Garrow McKern and Paddy Lynch has been incredible, really. Um, you know, if if Cavan were in the qualifiers and, and progressed, you would be looking at Paddy Lynch as, as an all-star winner, really. So um, yeah, you would have to back Cavan at this moment in time. Yeah, I'd back Cavan completely as well. It could be even more than 10 points, in my opinion. Look at uh, Down's record over the last few years, and arguably they beat Westmead and Leash quite a luckily in the league last season as well, so it'll be very dark times for Down over the next few months, and this game especially. Um, the next game, actually I'm intrigued by this game as well, 5.30 on Saturday evening, Longford against Fermanagh, like two evenly matched sides again, like 
you look at Longford's players well, Jack Duggan did very well in the under-20s, actually finished joint top scorer from play with the great Rory Canavan from Tyrone. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in action in Talton Cup. Joe Hagan played very well over the last few weeks for Longford as well. For Mana, a guy that you had your own podcast, Dart McGurd, very good, Connor Love. So there's some very young, good young players on action in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's a lot to be um, you know, there's a lot to be interested for with this one. Like obviously Wifferman is as as you mentioned before, like how well they've obviously played this year. Um, obviously, well, you know, throughout the league and, and how attacking they've been and Sean Quigley, how how brilliant he's been for Fermanagh and, and been one of their shining lights really since coming back in. And he's probably the X factor. Maybe that could be the the difference between the two teams. And yeah, like for Longford, like they lost a couple of players obviously in the summer, like Rian Brady hasn't been there and he's been one of their, their big players. They've had to bring through like younger lads like Jack Duggan and Darren Gallagher has had to step up as well. Very uh, physical player. So um, yeah, I think from a, from a Fermanagh point of view, there's certainly a lot to, you know, be, be positive for going, or from a Longford point of view, there's definitely a lot to be positive for this year when it looked like maybe they were going to be in a, in a relegation scrap. So um, yeah, it's going to be very intriguing. Like, I think that there's not going to be much between these two teams, probably narrowly back for Mana. I think Sean Quigley is maybe the X factor. And I do think for Mana are a side that, you know, could be dark horses maybe for this tournament and, and maybe do something special. Just to be different in our predictions, and I was going to say this anyway, I'm going to go for Longford win here. I just like their young players. I like this young team that... Um, Billy O'Loughlin's building in Longford. It's a very nice team. Don't get me wrong, Fermanagh performed excellent, as you said, but I just think Longford have enough in them to win this game. And uh, the final game in the Northern section this weekend is Sligo against London. They obviously played each other in Division 4. Sligo winning quite comprehensively in that game. I actually backed on your own channel that Sligo would win the Talton Cup. There's some very nice players. Noy Murphy in that team is an absolute brilliant player. I'm looking forward to seeing him over the next few weeks if he gets shown the rightful coverage. But London, they will not lie down either. No, they, they, they most likely won't. I mean, um, interesting enough, like you know, the, the only game they were sort of beaten at a canter really in the in the league was actually by Sligo, funnily enough. Um, so whether maybe they want to right the, the wrong there, but yeah, look for, for for teams like London, your your New Yorks, your Waterfords, your Wicklow's, like the, the Talchin Cup, like this is really just a huge opportunity for those counties to get more game time, to get more opportunity. Um, you know, to, to progress more and for London it's an extra game which, you know, they'll, they'll take out of a, a positive and look, they caused a couple of shocks in Division 4 as we've seen, you know, there was a, a, a period at the start of Division 4 where they, I think they won three on the bounce so, um, you know, with the likes of Liam Gavahan and, and some of the other lads in there like, um, you know, Michael Maris done a really good job there um, and, and, and they could they could cause something but yeah, going away to Sligo as you said, like one of the best attacking teams throughout the league um, I think they finished with the best attack in Division 4 um, they've definitely been improving and they definitely put in a good performance against Ross Common as well and um, you know it'll be interesting to see whether some of those under 20 players from the uh, under 20 championship maybe come into the team but yeah this, you would have to look at Sligo at home as the as the favourites yeah definitely so nothing really to talk about here Sligo would probably win the game in my opinion, and yours. Um, and going on to the southern section, all these games are on Sunday. Carlo gets Tipperary on in a Dr. Cullen Park. Despite Carlo having more advantage, you'd have to back Tipperary here. Like they only lost narrowly to Limerick in the Munster Championship. They've moved along sled- steadily under David Power and Carlo, on the other hand, haven't had the greatest of years, both in the league and the championship. So you'll be get I'll be guessing Tipperary would be your option for this game as well. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think this could be the arguably maybe the most one-sided game of the weekend. Um, when you look at Carlo, like they've definitely been in free fall this year. Calm Hutton's look good. I think he scored one eighteen or, or something like that for Carlo this year. So he's been impressive. But other than that, they've struggled to score. They've been beaten quite heavily as well. Um, and obviously for Tipperary, like there's been maybe a bit of a rebuild this year for David Power with um, you know, some of the the lads from that twenty twenty team retiring and obviously you know the likes of um you know mickey quinlevin obviously opting out and a few a few other players not available they've had to bring through you know mikey o'shea sean o'connor so um yeah you would have to back tipperary comfortably with connor sweeney as well um surely there's only uh, one winner absolutely uh tipperary all the way in that game uh, the next game is on at two o'clock as well leash and westmead Two Leinster rivals, which I always find they always draw each other for some reason in the Leinster Championship in relegation playoffs or the Talton Cup, whatever it may be. But despite Leash being at home, I actually think Westmead will win this game. They're going into this game with more positivity. Would you agree with that? Do you, or do you think Leash will pull up more of a challenge than people think? Yeah, you would, you would certainly have to back Westmead, most certainly. Like, and um, I'm sure about Leash and Westmead are probably getting fed up with each other at this stage because. They're always playing each other in 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 hurling as well, um, and and then as well like their neighbours and and all the rest. So you know if you lived on that border of Leash and Westmead, I'm sure um, I'm I'm sure you're probably getting fed up of of seeing the the opposite side at the minute. But yeah, like as you said, Westmead would have to be the favourites. Like Leash have won just one in their last seven games, five losses in in that time period. And well, Westmead have been very inconsistent this year. They'll definitely take a lot of positives from their their performance they were maybe the closest out of all the maybe alongside Cavan closest out of all the Talshan Cup teams from getting to the provincial final so um, yeah you would look at Westmead as the as the favourite I mean John Heslin Ron O'Toole Luke Lachlan um, you know they beat Leash I think earlier in the year already as well so they, they should have enough to, to get past them yeah probably so I think it might be closer than people take Leash might um, have that uh, rival spirit in them but I think Westmead will probably win at the end. And uh, the last game of the Talton Cup of the weekend is two sides of one last weekend, uh, Offaly and Wicklow. Wicklow put up a very good performance, beating Waterford quite comprehensively. Offaly struggled to beat Wexford, but maybe it's something to build on. Maybe a performance wasn't great last weekend. They're going for a better performance now. They're at home in this game at O'Connor Park, but Wicklow will not die, die down. You look at Kevin Quinn, he scored five goals in the championship so far. That's a brilliant achievement for people Owen Darcy so they seem to be very good attacking boys I'm actually intrigued by this game yeah absolutely same here I think this is definitely going to be maybe a game that um, they're cut like if you're you're looking at all the games this weekend and thinking what shocks or surprises maybe could be in there and and I think this could maybe be one only difference is awfully or at home if this was in Ockram you'd really maybe think Wicklow might might carry the, the the momentum in. But yeah, like you have to commend Wicklow really, like considering the change in management that they've had, Shawnee Furlong retiring obviously before the start of, of this uh, league season. And although they got relegated, like they went down fight and they went down with their heads held high. Um, you know, they've been scoring a huge amount of goals really in their last couple of games. You know, they scored obviously five goals against Leash, got a goal against Mead as well, two goals in the in the last win as well or three goals, I should say, sorry, against Waterford. So, I mean, they're scoring a lot of goals, you know, um, you know, uh, Keen or uh, I can't remember his first name, sorry, but Dar- Keen Darcy, I think is his name, is doing really well. Owen Darcy, I think it is. Owen, yeah, that's the one, Owen Darcy, yeah. Uh, he's, he's been doing very well. Like, I remember seeing him against Dublin for the under-20s last year. 
um and i was i was very impressed like by by his performance so um yeah like i think wicklow have got a lot to, to be positive for and like they'll look at wexford and, and think like wicklow beat wexford a couple of times a few years ago so yeah this this is a very very close one and um maybe just to be a bit different i'm gonna back wicklow for the for the victory this is a tight one, actually. You're, you're going to be tempted here, but I'm going to stick with Offaly, my prediction there. I think Offaly at home should win the game. But I think this will be very tight, maybe a point or two in this game. Should be very interesting games in the Tantum Cup at the weekend. And uh, thanks for coming on, Aaron. Thanks for coming on to the podcast today. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the games. Hopefully you'd see a Dublin win and uh, Liverpool win at the weekend. Wouldn't that be special? Absolutely, yeah. That would be the, the dream. Maybe if Limerick could be carried, that would be the... <laughs> The treble, but you know, we, we, I think that's asking for for too much to be perfectly honest. So, um, yeah, a Dublin and Liverpool win would be would be perfect. Really, would be we we'd be in dreamland then going into the um the provincial finals on Sunday. Massive thank you to Aaron for coming on to the podcast, and thank you for listening once again after such a long layoff. Thank you to Fortune Fever for sponsoring today's show once again, and until next time, I'll see you all then, and take care. We'll be right back.